RTHK News. It's one o'clock. I'm Pierre Tremblay. The top story is the chief secretary calls on officials to be more sensitive about livelihood policies. The police pick officers with an engineering background to investigate alleged shoddy construction work involving steel bars at Hongham Station. And after years of speculation, the family of J.D. Salinger confirmed they intend to publish previously unseen works by the late American author. The Chief Secretary Matthew Jung says he's reminded officials to put themselves in other people's shoes when they formulate major policies that affect living standards. Mr. Jung said a reality check was needed in light of the recent controversy over elderly welfare payments and criticism of the procedure to collect a cash handout of up to $4,000. He spoke to reporters after appearing on a radio program. Certainly this is what they should do, but in certain circumstances where cross-bureau, cross-departmental uh, cooperation is involved, I think there's room for improvement, enhancement. Uh, particularly, I will make use of the policy committee which all principal officials would be um, members already, so that we can solve our, prob- our problems straight away. Make sure that the policies, the, pro- the pleasures, when it comes to implementation, uh, is smooth. Okay? And also make sure that they really serve the purpose of uh, benefiting the community at large. The Chief Secretary said raising the age for the elderly comprehensive Social Security assistance eligibility to 65 from 60 was not intended to force old people back into the workforce or to make their lives difficult, but he said measures were in place to help those who wanted to work. Mr. Jang also said tightening anti-graft laws to cover the chief executive would involve complicated legal and constitutional matters. He spoke to Timmy Song. The issue involved very complicated it also would have implications on the constitutional status uh, of the chief executive and also on a lot of legal points involved. So it is time to solve all these uh, problems in the first place. So the study has to be holistic. So we are still continuing the study. So it involves Beijing? Well, I won't go into all, all the details, but this is a complicated issue uh, with constitutional and also legal implications. Very complicated. So we need time to really look very closely into it. It's been reported that the central government has vetoed Carrie Lam's idea to have the law cover the chief executive because it can accept locally enacted laws regulating the actions of Hong Kong's top official who's appointed by the central government. The report also said Beijing was concerned that the CE might also face politically motivated accusations of corruption. The police commissioner, Stephen Lowe, says the forces picked officers with an engineering background to join a team investigating alleged shoddy construction work involving steel bars at Hongham Station. But he says they haven't yet received the government's referral to probe the missing construction documents in other parts of the station, which is being expanded for the future shot into Central Link. The MTR has revealed that more than 60% of the request for inspection and survey checks forms relating to two approach tunnels and sidings are missing. Meanwhile, the Chief Secretary Matthew Jung has rejected the idea of lawmakers invoking their special powers to investigate the matter, saying it would overlap with the Commission of Inquiry. Commissioner Lowe also hit out at corrupt officers, saying he's unhappy with the over 55% increase in the number of officers arrested last year. He said those who break the law will not be tolerated. Mr. Lowe said the force will continue to keep figures on the number of arrested officers as it is open and transparent, even though it doesn't classify the occupations of other people who are, are arrested. Bomb disposal officers have been called to food processing plants in Chengguano after a suspected grenade was discovered. Police received a report at around 9 this morning that a suspicious object had been found at the Calvi Four Seas factory. 
After years of speculation, the family of J.D. Salinger have confirmed they intend to publish previously unseen works by the late American author. He withdrew from public life shortly after publishing his seminal work, The Catcher in the Rye, in 1951, but continued writing privately for more than 50 years. The BBC's Tom Harrigan reports. J.D. Salinger's life was the stuff of legend. The Catcher in the Rye, a tale of teenage angst released in the aftermath of the Second World War, became one of the most successful novels of the 20th century, selling more than 65 million copies. But Salinger swiftly stepped out of the limelight and returned to a very private life in the American state of New Hampshire until his death in 2010. In an interview with The Guardian, the author's son, Matt Salinger, confirms his father was writing for half a century without publishing and that those works will be made public in the next ten years. You're listening to RTHK. The time is five minutes past one. The Democratic governor of the U.S. state of Virginia has apologized for appearing in a racist and offensive photograph in his medical school yearbook in 1984. Ralph Northam did not say if he was the man dressed in blackface or Ku Klux Klan robes, but said the pictures did not reflect who he was today. The Republican Party in Virginia called for his resignation. The U.S. Supreme Court has temporarily stayed a law that will impose strict regulations on abortion clinics in the state of Louisiana. Justice Samuel Alito said the justices needed more time to examine the case. Its review follows a last-ditch application by an abortion provider to block the law, which was due to take effect on Monday. President Trump has again strongly criticized the House Speaker, Democrat Nancy Pelosi, for her refusal to fund a wall on the Mexican border. In a CBS interview, Mr. Trump described Mrs. Pelosi as very bad for our country and accused her of favoring open borders and human trafficking. She's costing the country hundreds of billions of dollars because what's happening is when you have a porous border and when you have drugs pouring in and when you have people dying all over the country because of people like Nancy Pelosi who don't want to give proper border security for political reasons, she's doing a terrible disservice to our country. Further evidence is emerging of the Venezuelan government's efforts to sell its resources to try to stabilize its economy. An Abu Dhabi investment firm, Nor Capital, has admitted buying three tons of gold from Venezuela's central bank last week. In a statement seen by the Reuters news agency, the firm said it would refrain from further transactions. The BBC's Candice Piat reports. Reuters said the three-ton shipment left Venezuela's main international airport on a small cargo plane last week. There have been rumours of other shipments linked to Russian planes flying in and out of the country. These have been denied by Russia. But the Maduro government is clearly trying to get its hands on as much foreign exchange as it can. It's even been trying to retrieve gold reserves held in the Bank of England. Nor Capital and other firms have been warned by the United States not to buy Venezuelan gold under its new sanctions regime designed to oust President Nicolas Maduro. It's rare for countries to sell their gold reserves. Venezuela may have reached a point of desperation. Russia has called the United States' decision to suspend its participation in a key Cold War-era disarmament agreement an abrogation of its international commitments. A foreign ministry official, Maria Zakharova, said Washington had provided no evidence of its claim that Russia had for years failed to comply with the Intermediate-Range Nuclear Forces Treaty and that Moscow reserved the right to an appropriate response. The NATO Secretary-General, Jens Stoltenberg, told the BBC the alliance backed the U.S. decision. We strongly believe in arms control. The U.S. has stated that today. NATO believes in arms control. But it has to be 
agreements which are respected and fully implemented, and that's not the case since Russia over years has violated this uh, treaty, and it was actually the Obama administration that first raised this with uh, Russia. Sport, with a look ahead to this weekend's English Premier League action, here's the BBC's Maz Farouki. It was a difficult round of matches for most of the top teams in the Premier League in midweek, with first place Liverpool and second place Manchester City both dropping points. City missed the chance to cut Liverpool's lead out the top of the table with a shock defeat to Newcastle. They play ahead of Jurgen Klopp's side again this weekend, but could find it very tough against an unpredictable Arsenal side on Sunday. Liverpool, will they look flustered in their 1-1 draw with Leicester on Wednesday night? Virgil van Dijk urged the supporters to keep their nerves, but can the players follow that advice as well at West Ham on Monday? Elsewhere this weekend, Tottenham faced Newcastle in Saturday's lunchtime game. They could move into second place with a win. Chelsea, meanwhile, need to recover from their terrible performance at Bournemouth in midweek. Maurizio Sarri's side are now out of the top four on goal difference, so need a win at home to Huddersfield to keep up the pressure in the fight for European Champions League qualification. There are five other matches on Saturday. Brighton host Watford, Everton play Wolves and Bournemouth travel to Cardiff City with two huge matches at the bottom of the table between Burnley and Southampton and Fulham's game at Crystal Palace. Manchester United play in Sunday's other game when they travel to Leicester City. From BBC Global Sport, this is Maz Faruqi. And to end the news, our top stories once again. The Chief Secretary calls on officials to be more sensitive about livelihood policies. The police pick officers with an engineering background to investigate alleged shoddy construction work involving steel bars at the Hongham station. And after years of speculation, the family of J.D. Salinger confirmed they intend to publish previously unseen works by the late American author. That ends the news from RTHK. Radio 3. And welcome to this week's edition of World Vibes with myself, Pierre Tremblay, with you till 3 p.m. This week, we celebrate the upcoming Chinese New Year with hits from the archives from Greater China, Hong Kong, Taiwan, and the mainland. We also have a selection of hot new hits from different places on the planet, including our sampling from an atypical new reggae album. As always, Giovanotti says it so well in Italian, we're still the belly button of the world. And this first hour is entirely devoted to our celebration of the upcoming Chinese New Year, of the Year of the Wood Pig. And we start off with uh, lucky phrases to start us off. Uh, of course, congratulations, get rich, and the red packets must follow. Gold and jade fill the hall. Greeting the New Year and receiving happiness. Mansi Yuyi. 10,000 wishes as you wish. Gat Heng Yao Yu. Happiness without limits. Chuk Bo Ping On. May you hear in a letter that all is well. Yet Bun Man Lei. May a small investment bring 10,000 profits. Fuk Sao Sung Chun. Happiness and longevity both complete. And Ju Toi Jun Bo. Wealth is acquired bringing treasures.
We start off with his first track from Sam Hay, Hay Gungit, one of the three Hay brothers, very famous in the 70s and 80s in Hong Kong. This track is from 2010 and is Gung Hay Gung Hay. Gung Hay. 